The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture, that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Pier Giorgio Frassati had just about everything that life has to offer. He was handsome, athletic, intelligent, affable, friends with just about everyone, and by the way, his parents were loaded. His father was one of the most important political figures. He was the head of the largest, or one of the largest, newspapers in Italy. So not only were they wealthy, but they were connected. He had everything that this world has to offer, and yet Pierre Giorgio Frassati, in 24 short years on this, this earth, dedicated his life to one thing, living out the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In all that he did, he strove, whether it was through works of charity, through friendship, through the actual proclaiming of the gospel, to bring the risen Christ into all that he did. When he died from polio at 24, his parents figured, well, because of our wealth, because of our prestige, there'll be a lot of people at the church. They were very agnostic. They didn't really go to church. And on their way from the funeral parlor to the church, thousands of people lined the streets of Turin because they had been touched by the risen Christ through that young man. And why wouldn't we all strive to live like Pier Giorgio and bring the gospel in whatever way, shape, or form the world has to offer in front of us? Pier Giorgio wasn't a priest. He wasn't a monk. He was a young man, a student who liked to go mountain climbing and smoke cigars and pipes and drink with his friends. But he always brought Jesus, the risen Jesus, to all of that. Because here's the thing. 
Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, destroys sin and death. We don't have to worry about sin and death anymore. They are vanquished by Christ Jesus rising from the dead. Not only that, but our sin and our death are now opportunities for growth in grace and virtue and love because of this. St. Paul tells us that for me, life is Christ and death is gain. Elsewhere, he says, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. So the two things that this world has that can burden us, that can overwhelm us, that can destroy us, have been destroyed. They have no power over you and me if we live in the resurrection of Christ Jesus our Lord. And if we are able to do that, we are able to do what St. Paul says in the letter to the Colossians today, to seek what is above, to live in true freedom, to have a beautiful life, to have a wonderful life, that, that no matter when our Lord calls us home, it's meaningful and purposeful, and it'll have brought people happiness and goodness and beauty. And yet if we're honest with ourselves, if we're truly honest with ourselves, <clears throat> it's hard to live out the resurrection. In fact, it's hard to celebrate the resurrection and to live that out and for that to be the center of my life on Easter. For instance, when I was in college, I went to college in Richmond, Virginia, which was almost a thousand miles from where I grew up. And so my, but my cousin lived there. And every Easter, my cousin would invite me to be with her family on Easter. But you know what the thing I looked forward to most on Easter was? It wasn't mass, it wasn't family, it was putting a hurt on the, breakfast, or the brunch bar at her country club. <laughs> and when I was of age, when I was of age, it was trying to see if I could go to both the mimosa and the Bloody Mary bar at the same time. All right? It's hard enough to live for the resurrection on Easter. And as a result, because it's hard to do it today, it's easy the rest of the year to say, I don't have to go to Mass. Why would I go to Mass? Jesus doesn't, you know, he loves me. He'll forgive me. I can find Jesus in the woods. I can find Jesus in what I'm doing. I'm too busy for that. It's easy to not live in the resurrection if we can't do it today, the rest of the year. It's easy to not live in the joy and the beauty and the goodness of the resurrection and live a moral life that is completely foreign to what Christ has asked of us. Christ asks us to live this moral life because it's virtue and goodness that are what bring life and bring it to the fullest. But it's easy to say, nah, I'll, I'll do my thing. You do you, I'll do me, don't worry about it. When we don't have Christ Jesus or when we struggle to have Christ Jesus on Easter. It's easy to look at the poor and say, well, it's their fault, I'm not gonna worry about them if I don't live Christ Jesus today. The practices that we had from Lent, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, all of that should lead us into Easter and should lead us to serve and to build up the kingdom. Your Lenten practices should not stop today. They should encourage you to do more, to serve more, to love more. But here's the beauty. No matter what, if this is the first time you've been to church in years or if you struggle every week coming to church and just to get something out of it, here's the beauty of it, is that the resurrection is present. The resurrection is not something that just happened once in the past, and that's it. The resurrection happens each and every day and all around us. It's a constant resurrection. It's a constant resurrection. It's a constant victory over sin and over death. St. Peter tells us in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles today, we are witnesses to the resurrection. Every time in my life I turn from sin and death, I turn from selfishness and pride, I am a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Every time I see something beautiful in this world, something truly good, something true in this world, I am a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Each one of us, no matter what, is called to share, to participate, and to walk with the resurrected Jesus. And no matter where we are, the resurrection is present to us now. And Jesus is calling each of us to rise. It's easy to sit outside like Peter, or excuse me, like John and Mary Magdalene, to sit outside the tomb. Because when we go in, when we see and believe, it's going to change us. It's going to rock our world, but it's going to change us for the better. To live in the resurrection is what each of us was created to do. And so today, the challenge is before us to rise, to rise from sin and death, to rise with Christ Jesus, to make this world a better place in love, in mercy, in goodness, in truth, in beauty through him, to proclaim and testify to the resurrection I see in my own life. Share the way Christ has changed your life with the world, and the world will be a better place. In our Eastern tradition and in the Orthodox tradition, they say, Christos anesti, aleithos anesti. Christ is risen. He is truly risen. Christ is risen. He is rising. He is truly rising in our lives. This Easter, and the Easter season, remember, lasts longer than the Lenten season. So the Easter season lasts from now until Pentecost. This Easter, so for the next 50 days, rise with Christ, be resurrected, and you will recognize and see, like Pierre Giorgio Fersati almost 100 years ago, the goodness, the beauty, and the wonder that is a life in, with, and through the risen Lord.